Welcome, 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 everybody. Hello, listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag real life with myself, Abby. And Danielle. We're back at it. We are back at it. Uh, I feel like we need to get shirts that say it was a crazy week or it was a wild week because I feel like I start every episode literally saying that. (laughs) It really is. I mean... It's so real. I mean, I think when someone asks you, like, "Oh, how was your week?" your instant, your instant um, calling is to be like, "Oh, it was crazy. It was wild." You just either want to like not talk about it, or you just kind of, <laughs> you just kind of like, "I don't even know how to talk about it." It was so crazy. Seriously, I mean, I look back at texts, and if you text me, I'm just like, "Oh yeah, sorry. Like, it was just kind of a crazy day or wild." I'm like, "Why are those?" my very common descriptors <laughs> for my like, days. It's like, so what happened? Like, <laughs> like, and, and mine isn't even really work related. It's kind of the, you know, absence of work in my sense. I was supposed to, you know, have like a week of PTO, like paid time off all to myself. And of course, Eli has uh, an exposure to COVID. So we have to quarantine my entire vacation (laughs) so that it just I just had to laugh because I literally at work was just having the thoughts of okay I'm starting to get my footing like feeling things aren't wild and crazy and then I get this email and phone call from his after-school daycare I'm like no (laughs) That's what happens. I mean, like when things are just kind of like settling in, it's just like, well, flipping the tables on you. What's going to happen next? And then when I ask Danielle, oh, what are you doing like today or whatever? Her response is waxing jackets. I'm like, what? And then I get a video of what that means. She's like, yeah, I'm a celebrity. I'm just waxing jackets out here. Just like, you know, just doing some serious labor. God's labor right now is what God's I'm doing. Labor. <laughs> God's labor. So yes, life is crazy. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, at work my coworkers say that we need to make shirts or like my slogan should just be these clients, dot dot dot. Cause I always respond, like never phases, like something wild will happen. Again, there's that word again. Uh or just something silly will be happening in the community or the milieu and I'll just be like these clients dot 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 (laughs) or interesting that's what I like to say I'm like oh it was an interesting day (laughs) Mm -hmm. it was very it was very interesting (laughs) yeah more more descriptor words I know but like I need to I need to (laughs) expand my descriptor words yeah Dee will ask what your day was like or what my day was like And, you know, if I ask him, he'll talk about meetings or just like stress running on the retail floor. And then he flips the switch on me. I'm like, where do I start? (laughs) Right. Exactly. You need like a flow chart, man. It's like, okay, do you want to know what happened at 8am or do you want to know what happened at two or what, what, what time frame are we looking at here? It's it's like that. It's always sunny in Philadelphia meme where Charlie day is just like, "Ah!" and there's all the ribbons or the, you know, 
pins and I don't even know what the episode is. I haven't gotten that far yet in the, in the series. <laughs> you just know, you just know the meme. Hey, that means that meme is doing its work, you know? <laughs> doing God's work. Yes, let's do God's work out there. <laughs> uh, so what does this have to do with anything that we're talking about? I mean, sometimes we don't even know, but we do have a plan for today. <laughs> uh, as, I mean, we were talking about, you know, wild, crazy, interesting stress. We've talked about stress, burnout in past episodes. We've talked about mental health and we thought that would be a perfect tie-in to something everybody, you know, struggles with, or everyone has an experience or a story to talk about. And that is the dun, dun, dun body image talk elephant (laughs) in the room. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like I like to tell my clients, we all have a body image story because we all have a body, right? So none of us get out of this life, not having any strifes, but yeah, I don't know what I'll, I'll throw it up. This is what I do in body image groups at work, Danielle. So here you okay, go. Okay. I'm going to be all right. I'm ready. I got my, yeah. got it ready. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> when you hear the term body image, like how would you define it? What comes up for you? Oh boy. Oh my goodness. <sighs> literally the response I usually get <laughs> yes, say you know like sometimes I'm really good on the spot and other times I'm like oh okay this is me stalling um let's see I would say body image I mean it's just exactly what the words are it's like your representation and image of either your body or someone else's body like obviously you shouldn't mm-hmm. have a representation representation of someone else's body but it's just how you envision what you think about it should be or what you want about it I don't know like mm-hmm. that's kind of what I'm thinking of <laughs> like yeah it's very, it's very literal I guess but like that's that's that you know that is a big part of it uh yeah I a lot of people believe that body image is only about the external which I mean and of course in my in my work we focus on that or like at least allow people to process their feelings about their physical body um but one of the resources I use, um, it's like a, a manual overcoming, uh, body image and eating disorders, uh, talks about that body image actually has three parts. So your perceptions, attitudes, and then beliefs. Um, and it does say about your body, but I even go as deep as saying like your perceptions, attitudes, beliefs about kind of your whole being. Mm -hmm. So, you know, your perceptions, like how you see, um, yourself, your uh, attitudes, like how you feel about what you see uh, and then your behaviors, you know, what happens because of those perceptions and attitudes. And in body image group, I talk about like self-worth sometimes because that can be a part of body image or, I mean, we, we could go on and on, right? Yes. It, it encompasses the physical piece, but also your goals or your dreams or your self-worth, um, so many things. So yeah, I know that kind of got (laughs) a little heady there, but it's true. (laughs) No, but I think it's good that you pointed that out because I mean, obviously just in my description, I mean, I feel like I was thinking a lot of the physical aspect, but I was thinking Mm -hmm. of like the image of the body, you know? So I think 
everyone has their own thoughts of what they think body image is. So I think it is really good to have like some sort of description about it or just what it actually really means as a whole, because I think overall, a lot of people are just shown and a lot of people just talk about the physical representation of body image and not necessarily all the rest. Yeah. And to be fair, I mean, I think a lot of us do body image healing work. It, it starts from the external, right? Cause there's no way in like middle school, high school, college, even I was thinking about, Oh, my internal core beliefs or my negative core beliefs. I mean, some people maybe were a step ahead of their game, but yeah, it really was focusing on, Oh, how am I treating myself? How am I talking or thinking about myself? Um, and, and then going more deeper there, but body image, man, we, <laughs> we could spend, I mean, we could have whole like weeks on weeks themed episodes on this. Like we mm-hmm. could talk about, okay, one portion this week, but we're going to do just a nice general overview. Uh, and probably there'll be a part two, three, four, five in the future. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know. I mean, do we want to share just a summary of our relationships to our bodies or how that's evolved and changed over time or when we first sure. became aware? You sure. go first. Okay. (laughs) I knew I was going to have to go first. Um, Okay. So, I mean, I guess I think it's interesting for me because I think like overall um, I've always a, I've always been either an athlete or a dancer or, and I've been in fashion. So therefore I've always kind of been in these arenas where uh, like your body has been either scrutinized or talked about, or there's some sort of moment behind it where you have to pay closer attention to it. Um, I don't think in general, I was necessarily someone who was really, really overly obsessed with it, but it definitely was something that I had a lot of other people around me that would say different comments, or I had a lot of different things that added fuel to the fire. You know, Um, I also have been like, typically a pretty curvy person, like most of my life. Um, I like got boobs at a younger age, you know, like all those things. So I think like overall, like I've always kind of had to do different things in that aspect. Um, and then I think like, as I kind of got older, there's just different arenas and that, you know, like for college and then like my young adult years were also a little bit different as well, just because like I said, with the fashion piece, I mean, I know for me, a lot of the times I really focused on, you know, being at a store, like I always knew what size I wore at a specific store. And I always kind of like had that in my mind. And since I did work at like a very high end retailer, I always knew that that was like, okay, if I get to a different size, like this is kind of weird, but it wasn't like something that I was obsessing over, but it's just something that I always knew in the back of my mind. Um, so I think that's kind of always been something, um, And then, I mean, like I said, with being an athlete and just different things like that, you just kind of always are thinking about your body in different ways and then just doing dance and all those different things. So, I mean, I feel like also for me, it's not something that I necessarily like I'm a person who talks about it a lot or anything like that. So it's not something that I think I like outwardly struggle with a ton or anything like that. It just more would be like a an internal, like, oh man, that's very interesting, you know, or, and kind of like we were talking about before about stress, you know, like I 
I'm definitely one of those people that's where you're running all around super, super stressful. Like you would forget to eat or just different things. Mm -hmm. But I think like over time, I definitely have been more cognizant about that. I'm like very aware of that when, when I'm around other people, uh, you know, if I know that other people aren't eating, I'm like, wait, why are you eating? And just different things like that. So I think like over time also having different people in my life that speak more about these types of things, it like makes everyone more aware. Um, I mean, I don't know if that like fully answered all of your questions, but I think like yeah. that kind of like goes with it, I guess I would say. I don't know. I know. I mean, well, how are right? There's no way we're going to, you know, summarize 30 plus years for yeah. both of us, right? I was like, <laughs> oh man, minutes. where do I begin? Like, what? Like, no. Yeah, I was like, okay. It's like, <laughs> Yeah, we can, and we can talk about like, you know, how our body image has changed to currently, um, or how we deal with that now, but, uh, yeah, uh, I do a big sigh before I tell my part. So yeah, I feel like I was always aware of my body growing up, right. Similar to Danielle, I was in dance, which you're in leotards or tight fitting clothes and in front of mirrors, right. Your whole practice or, you know, whether comments are outright or just insinuated, there is this hierarchy or perceived hierarchy of a better body. And in dance, it tends to be like the perceived quote unquote, better body is thinner, lighter. And I mean, if you've gone to ballets or have seen just professional dance performances, there is also just, it's a very observed, very thin, frail um, image. And so, I mean, I wasn't thinking about professional ballet at five years old when I started dance, but I for sure started noticing my body a little bit more. Um, I remember actually, I was thinking about this earlier that, you know, I, I developed a little bit early as well, uh, in, you know, like I was an average size kid, but then like third, fourth grade pre-puberty, you know, you gain weight before you grow. And I remember very clearly having people make comments about my body. I remember a a neighborhood girl who lied to a friend of ours and said that I had sat on her swing and broke it. And so like that, I mean, the fact that I'm 31 and can still remember the like humiliation, even though it wasn't true, like the humiliation that someone used that like to weaponize was just awful and made me feel so bad. But I, I didn't ever at that point, at least didn't change how I ate or whatever. I just remember, you know, being like, oh, you know, I am quote unquote bigger than my friends. I was also taller. Like, I think I've been this height since fifth grade. So (laughs) I'm not tall, but five, five and sixth grade when everyone else is like, still like four foot something says, says something. (laughs) Um, so, and my dance teacher would also make comments to us in elementary school about so-and-so's butt is big or sticking out, or you shouldn't wear that. And I mean, we were in elementary school, so Mm -hmm. just looking back just outwardly like terrible, but I do remember when I was in sports, it being like a positive that I was strong or I could, so I can definitely see the the differences or even in swimming a little bit, like being more muscular, uh, allowed you to do certain strokes. 
but then everything changed when I went through puberty, uh, fourth to fifth grade, I grew five inches in a summer. Like it was so quick. Um, and I didn't quote unquote lose weight on the scale, but I looked leaner and started getting compliments from friends, from adults that just, Oh, it blows my mind to this day that I overheard adults talking about a fifth grader, like uh, talking about a fifth grader's body. Like it's just, and I still have my journals from those times. And I've read some of the things that I was either processing or whatnot. And it's crazy. And this can be a whole other episode, but that's kind of spurred along with a lot of other stressors, uh, like a two, three year battle with an eating disorder. Uh, so that is in my history as well. And a lot of my friends and family coworkers know that, which ultimately led me to wanting to work in the eating disorder field. Obviously I'm obviously in recovery, recovered, uh, whatever language people like to use, but I honestly don't think my body image really ever healed until, I mean, probably my late twenties, I still, you know, still idolized like a certain thin or muscular look, um, even through high school. Um, and it, it impacted, you know, like I had a thought of what good or bad foods were or what I had to eat or not eat or how much I had to exercise to look a certain way. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, again, and then being in dietetics, obviously that's a very health focused field and not uncommon for there to be a look right in quotations again about what a dietitian is supposed to quote unquote look like. And, and yeah, it wasn't until I started working in the eating disorder field that I'm like, Ooh, we need to unpack this. And I think everyone should unpack Mm -hmm. body image. Uh, because yeah, like I I just summarized, uh, a long, a long, uh, tumultuous relationship with my body. And I feel, and through pregnancy too, it was up and down, but yeah, the past few years, my body image, I feel like has so improved and I'm not even like counter to what like diet culture and things share. Like I'm not even at my lowest weight, but I am at a better place in with my body image now than I've ever been. Um, yeah, I, I know that was long, but how is your relationship to your body ebbed and flowed and changed like recently? Um, hmm. I mean, I think it definitely goes like up and down. I mean, I think like, um, when, I mean, I think like in general, obviously when I'm like very active, I feel like, I feel like I'm just in like a better place with my body because I'm actually like moving it, like not necessarily moving it to actually like lose weight or anything, but just like moving my body to feel good. I feel like that's when my body feels the best. And like when I'm moving through life. Um, so I feel like definitely like the times when I just haven't been as active or just have been like, you know, just kind of, just kind of doing running through the motions and not really focusing on just my health as, as in general, like my mental health or anything. I think that's when I definitely like my body image tends to go down just because I'm, you know, I'm just not really necessarily in the greatest headspace regularly. Um, so I think that's where it ebbs and flows in that aspect, I think. So it's not yeah. Really, yeah. Yeah. I remember being fixated. Like I would body check. Oh my God. I would spend so much freaking time when I was younger looking in the mirror, like wanting to have a flat stomach, but you know, I wanted larger breasts and I wanted a bigger butt. And 
just all these ridiculous things. Yeah. The comparison trap. And of course, media plays into that. But Mm -hmm. now when I look in the mirror, like I, yes, I hold thin privilege technically, but I don't have a flat stomach. Like technically if I had like the same body when I was 15 or 16, like I would probably have been in a really downward spiral because I wasn't toned or didn't quote unquote look a certain way um, that I wanted to. And yet it is so fascinating, like doing that unpacking and unlearning of like my body, my external body, right. Isn't everything that defines me. And of course that doesn't mean I don't like, there are days that I don't have a good body image. And what I tell my clients is as a provider, yes, there'll be days that I feel confident. There are days that I'm just eh, neutral. There are days I'm like, nope, I'm not confident, but it doesn't change how I yeah, nourish my body. Like I'm still going to eat or move for pleasure if I want, or, you know, if there are days that I'm just not up to doing any walks or yoga or whatever activity, that's okay. And in the past that would have impacted my body image too. Like, oh, if I don't exercise then blank, like Mm -hmm. these fears of the what if around my body. And yeah, it is just really freeing to be like, you know, it's okay to have, (laughs) to have uh, a couple rolls on my stomach or cellulite or stretch marks or this, that, or the other. And yeah, I know, again, speaking from a place of thin privilege, like this is obviously very different. Someone who lives in a fat body. Right. Um, but I mean, all I can say is from my own experience. Yeah. Well, and I also think it's, it's good to be able to like, understand like what you're going through and just kind of like having that moment of like, Oh, why am I thinking this way? And like, okay, like let's unpack this and let's kind of like go down the streams of like, man, it's okay if I'm not confident today, but tomorrow I'll be confident or like, it's okay if I'm not, it doesn't really matter, you know, because like the body that you have is like what you were born into and like, it's, you know, it's a great body. It's gotten you through so much. Like mm-hmm. it's helping you like be on this earth. So, I mean, in all reality, like we have to keep care of it the best way we can, but you know. Right. And yeah, tying it back into what we were saying at the beginning is I definitely notice, and it's, it's almost unconsciously that if I am stressed or feeling burnt out, like that is when I'll like pick at my body or think more negatively about it or body check, or even like my acne, like that's probably my biggest, uh, stressor around my body image right now is like hormonal acne. And I know when I'm stressed, that is when I like, will pick, like I'll be looking in the mirror and just picking, even though I know if I do this, like it's going to look 20 million times worse, (laughs) but it's, it's like those things of like biting your nails. You do it unconsciously, even though I don't want to, um, I'm trying not to right now. I'm on day two. <laughs> I have some painted nails. Danielle came about. Yes, yes. Um, but that is common that it's, I mean, body checking, body avoidance, measuring, touching, self-weighing. Those are all like maladaptive coping skills that a lot of people will turn to in stressful or high anxiety times. And I definitely feel like that fits for me as well. And for sure fits for my clients, right. When they're stressed or anxious, like what is something I can control or what is something I can like fixate on to avoid thinking about, you know, familial stress, job stress, anything else. 
and like being critical about other people as well, because that's also, I feel like when people are stressed or in sad times, they, and they're having like low body image, that's also when they're like critical about other people's body image too, you know, like not even just necessarily like, oh man, like their body's so great. You know, it's just kind of like, they're more, they're trying to pay more attention to everyone else around them besides like maybe what they're thinking inside. They're focusing a lot on like other people as well. Yeah. Oh yes. Uh, body comparisons. No, no bueno. And yet we all do it Mm -hmm. right. Like I did a, a training on weight stigma and weight bias. And there's a quote I have in there that like the chances of you having internalized weight stigma or fat phobia, if you're human are a hundred percent, cause we all, we all do. Um, just again, the things that are reinforced in our society. And it, it takes a lot of unlearning to kind of step back of like the traditional beauty norms. Like, yeah. Why is it like when we actually think about it, why is it that we idolize a thin body or in certain decades, it's a curvier, butt or, you know, larger breasts, smaller breasts, smaller feet, like every, every few years, the quote unquote ideal body changes. And of course that's going to be like unattainable for a majority of people. And a lot of that can stem from like, you know, a lot of things that people like grew up listening to, or like were in their household, you know, because if there's a lot of, like you think about, like we were talking about being like dancers and athletes and stuff like that, you know, if you might live in a home where you have parental figures or you have parent, whoever is in your home might be giving off those impressions that you have to be a certain way. Maybe not like we're saying, like comments might not necessarily be blatant, but they could be, you know, of that nature too. So then maybe it's harder for people to unlearn those behaviors as well, because that's something that they've like been taught their whole life or something. Yeah. People don't realize. And if you're a parent or guardian or have little siblings or anyone who like looks up to you, it is crazy what things they can pick up on because yeah, someone might not have overtly talked negatively about your body, but if someone in your circle was talking negatively, negatively about theirs, Mm -hmm. people will internalize that and be like, Oh, if they're worried about it, I should be. And I remember my friends nitpicking every little part of their body and, you know, me being larger than them. I'm like, Oh, you know, uh, if they think that way about their body, what should I think? Or again, the overt comments of yeah, bullying or someone calling me fat or this or the other growing up for sure (laughs) played, played a role. Or even when someone thought they were complimenting, right? Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, you look so thin now. Or it's like, Oh, well, I, what did you think of me before? Like, it's not like I did this on purpose and then eating disorder, right. Thoughts got very reinforced Mm -hmm. very easily. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, I have a lot of clients who will say like that their like family members or someone would talk negatively about their own body. And so as a child, you're like, well, you're my mom or you're my grandma, my aunt, I love you. But if you think that I should think that about me too, or this is normal. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, like you were saying, like with the friends thing too, I think it's, it's also difficult because in a lot of, you know, when you're growing up or even like in your adult years, when you're around a bunch of people who speak 
a lot about their weight or talk about it very often. You do have those moments where you're like, wait a second, like, why are you talking about that? You know, like, what, what about everyone else? Or why do you think that way? You know? So, I mean, I think it's, it like can be like a very, it can be a cycle, I guess, is what I'm getting yeah. at here. <laughs> For sure. And my very fixated brain back in like the, the thick of my eating disorder, I, it just makes me so sad. Cause I really kind of blanked out a lot of middle school because all I can remember is counting calories over exercising and looking in the mirror. Like I don't remember and dance because those are the only things that were important yeah. to me at that time and weighing myself, being very fixated on a certain number. And I just have so much compassion and empathy for my clients who have struggled with eating disorders for decades. Cause I cannot imagine the brain space or the things that I wouldn't have been able to enjoy if right. my eating disorder would have lasted longer than a few years. And of course there was like some treatment in there, but I just remember it, it, it sticks out so fresh in my mind. Like I remember stepping on a scale at like our community rec center and like wanting it to say a certain number and not be over it. And I'm like, what 12 year old is supposed to do that? Mm-hmm. And like, I was like embarrassed cause I didn't want anyone to see me, but the scale was in a public hallway. Oh, it was, or just being just so so embarrassed about my body and having such like incredible body dysmorphia, like what I saw did not match what my body looked like. And so like wearing baggy clothes or like hiding, like I would hide in like my mom's back office at this rec center. Cause she worked there part-time and like, I would just sit there and read instead of, you know, enjoying time with life. friends. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of enjoying life. Like it's a, a thief of joy, right? Like mm-hmm. joy sucker. And I mean, like they say too, that, I mean, isn't eating disorders, like basically one of the largest mental, like mental disorders that basically like goes untreated. And also the fact that like, there's so many people that end up committing suicide and all those different Mm -hmm. things because of it. But a lot of people think that it's some, I mean, obviously like within eating disorder, eating disorders, there's like depression, anxiety and everything. But a lot of people think that a lot of suicides are only strictly because of those things or something, but yeah. Eating disorders. Um, I know for sure anorexia has the highest mortality risk of any other mental health disorder. And so, yeah, a lot of that could be right. Other co-occurring mental health disorders, but a lot of it is medical. A lot of it. Yeah. Can be related to other things, but it's, it is wild. And I had a thought and it, I, I just lost it, but yeah. It just makes me, makes me sad. Like I could have been doing so many other things in my life in those few years. Right. Then focusing, focusing on my body. Yeah. And that's the hard part is, is that there's so many people out there that have had those moments. And like you said, some of your clients that have had that happen for years upon years and that they don't, they're being robbed of joy themselves. You know, they don't really know, that that's the case because they're so stuck in it, you know, and it's, yeah. it's, it's just such a, it's such a trap, you know? Yeah, it is. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy because there's, whether it's trying to control weight gain or food or whatever it might be, like if you quote unquote feel you failed or 
gained weight or did this that or the other like there is this immediate like feeling of failure hopelessness and distress anxiety and yet it is so wild to think being so separated from it now that like my I could care less I have no idea what I weigh like the only time I ever see my weight is if I do step on the scale at at the doctor's office and sometimes I'm just like eh no I don't want to be weighed and they're cool whatever but yeah just how much that number like held over my life for so long and to think like there is a way of it not taking up all of your life like the less you think about it or the more you try to do other things the less power it will have over you and of course it's easier said than done and much harder than just saying that but it it is kind of wild it's the exact opposite happens when you stop focusing so much time on your body you don't have to like feel that that is the only thing well and I mean it's like you bring up a good point too with because I was thinking about like again in the fashion world and everything we would have so many customers that would come in and they would have full on like complexes about the fact that they're a certain size or that they went up a size, but they're not actually that size and all those things. And, you know, there's just a lot of times where we'd have to explain to them, like, you know, size is just a number, like, it's okay. Just, you know, just try it on. And there would just be people sometimes that are like, I'm not a four, like I can't be a four and stuff like that. And it's just, it's so hard to see and like to hear because you know, something looks great on someone or, you know, like they just need to try it on, but they just won't because they don't, you know, it's just not what they want to do. Or like the guys that are essentially like a medium, you know what I mean? They're like that mid-sized, small, medium, and then they have a really hard time with it too. And it's just like, it's really sad, you know, because say male body images is a big thing too. It mostly women and people who identify as female talk about it, but male body image issues for sure can run rampant. And yes, can we talk about clothing sizing for yes. a moment? Because it has been <laughs> oh, the most, like now I don't care. It's like, eh, whatever I shop wherever, but growing up, it was such, it felt like such a debacle. Cause one, all of my friends shopped at Hollister. Yeah. And I mean, that was a very, very like basic store that only had what small, medium, large. And their sizing was really awkward. I couldn't fit into a lot of their things. And so I'd go with my friends and they'd be trying on the shirts and, you know, the tank top. And I think just to feel pressured because everyone else was getting something. I didn't want to feel like some, some sort of way I bought like a tank top (laughs) that they luckily had in my size. But like, that is so mind blowing to me knowing like that I was never in I'm, I have never considered myself a plus size person, but there are certain stores that definitely appeal to thinner is better for yeah. sure. And oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I definitely, I sized out of the Hollister Abercrombie American Eagle game, like real quick. Yeah. Um, I mean, like it was, Oh yeah. Do you remember limited to? Yes. I don't I think I even de- like, don't think I ever put in there. <laughs> like, I don't think I remember there was, they, I would only go in there and get like, that was back when like Spice Girls were really popular. And there was some like Spice Girls, like candy thing. I don't even know, yeah, but I was in yeah. there getting like trinkets because yeah, I couldn't fit the clothes. 
It was always for me, it was always the jeans. Like I always had a hard time uh, with the jeans. I mean, the girls got a butt. So I mean, like, I got a butt and some hips. So it was just like it was just difficult to fit into some of those jeans. And it was just that was very discouraging. Like I mm-hmm. I do have to say it was a discouraging thing. And I mean, like that also is a thing too that happens in adulthood too, you know, because you have to find certain I don't know, certain companies that actually like fit your butt properly. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, and that's the thing, like there's such a variety of sizing of sizes for like what women actually are. And yet how can we say like you're a two, four, six, eight, 10, 12, 14, right? And those numbers mean nothing because a two could be an eight. It could be a six could be like, even in my closet right now, I have easily six like different sizes because different a large is a medium yeah an extra large and so I think that's what's most frustrating too is that one companies sure there's the first layer of like some companies only cater to like that mean girls quote right of like they only do two zeros twos and fours and if you need six you have to go to sears like like what or like so, what or what was it like whatever yeah it was Sears but I think they also called it like barn or something what was it like dress barn or yeah, dress or never mind yeah that maybe that was from a different movie whatever <laughs> oh I'm the mean but girl like, lovers are gonna hate us <laughs> um, but no but I think Tina Fey was putting a whole satire on it right yes, like yes that the clothing the clothing industry is ridiculous so one two the sizings make zero, absolute zero sense, right? Because you could get something in Express, Old Navy, they'd all be a different quote unquote number. Yeah. And then what was my other one? Then three, most of the fashion designers, and I know there's more designers and more variety of designers now, but most designers would make jeans very straight. And it's, yeah, it doesn't account for hips, butts, and kind of the curvaceous. And I remember learning, and I can't remember where I found this or heard this, but like, again, back in the day, a lot of designers were gay males. And so they would design a a male body for pants, which did not fit women because we have curves, (laughs) (laughs) right? What's that American prayer movie? Real women have curves or something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, like when we were talking about the numbers, I mean, again, to the point that I was saying, like customers being very fixated on it, but I remember also myself, like thinking about that in different times being like, okay, I'm a six, I'm a six here. I constantly am a six. And then I'm like, oh, okay, now I'm an eight. But like, it's not something that I was like really stressed about, but it also was like, oh, interesting. It like, it, it goes in your brain, you know, it tracks in your brain every once in a while. And especially if you shop at the same place and then you tend to go up and down, you're like, oh, this is, okay, this is interesting. Yeah. And- Cause our bodies fluctuate. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's very easy to get fixated on. Like, yeah, it's almost like an identity piece. I am a this. Mm-hmm. And most of my life I was in, I've been in double digits. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and, and what also threw me for a loop is that friends would like, I'd have friends who I thought I, that we were similar in size, right. Like my perception and they would their jean sizes would be much smaller. And so then I'd be like, oh, like, well, then what does that, right? It's always that, what does that say about me? 
or then it would always throw me for a loop too when people are like, oh, you don't look like you're a blank. Yeah. Like that's, I that's I'm a like, big one. <laughs> uh, oh, what does that mean? Because I am. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it just, it is, it yeah. is wild. It is. I mean, and it's there's also- that descriptor. <laughs> yes, it's it's wild. It is wild. The title of the show. It's Audio, wild. It's wild. <laughs> yes. There you go. But yeah, I just think like I don't know. And I mean, I think like too, like we were saying. I think sometimes, to your point, just like you said, you didn't really think that much of it, maybe, until someone said something, you know. And then it's like, oh, oh, okay, like what does that mean? And like, that's huge, you know, because it's kind of like, again, people don't really realize they're saying something specifically wrong, but it still is one of those moments where you kind of like step back and are like, oh man, am I like, am I not like, <laughs> am I not okay? Like what's happening here? Yeah. Cause that's so, what's insinuated, right? Is that you're not okay or mm-hmm. something's wrong with you. And I was so proud of myself, my senior year of high school, uh, I was so pumped for my senior year of dance, get to do a senior solo and, you know, all the, all the great things. And I wishfully was like, oh yeah, I'm going to try out for the dance team at Iowa state. Definitely went to day one and did not make it. So let's <laughs> remember that, but that was regardless, regardless body size, my talent was not there, but dub <laughs> H was much more fun. Anyways. Uh, but I remember telling my dance teacher that, yep, I wanted to try out for the dance team. And her response was, oh, well, they were two pieces. Like you, like that won't be flattering on you. And that was like day one of dance my senior year. Uh, And the next week and the next week I was, I quit. I'm like, I'm done. I I did not do dance my senior year because I was like, I have had enough of this shit. Like I literally had a life-threatening disorder and you come back and say that. Damn. That's ballsy. (laughs) Yeah. And that probably wasn't even the worst comment I've ever received from, from that realm of my life. But I also, like for me, I also had a lot of comments like on the other spectrum that were like, that you would think wouldn't really like make someone be upset about it but I also had a lot of those comments that were like oh my gosh you just eat whatever you want and like you look like Mm. this and like have had a lot of those you know (laughs) like and it's just I mean I had a really fast metabolism but that's also another thing that just like that also sticks to you too because if you constantly have people telling you like over and over again like oh you can eat whatever you want and like you're so small or you whatever it's also kind of one of those things where you're like oh boy okay like so I gotta stay like this (laughs) you know like or just that whole aspect it's just very interesting as well yeah it is really interesting because again like going back to the whole weight stigma piece like yeah there's almost this like praise of if you're in a thinner body and can eat a lot it's praise but if you're in a larger body then it's almost expected that you should be on a diet or the assumption of that people in larger bodies eat more eat larger portions when that like is not always the case And I know a lot of people who are in larger bodies just genetically, or that's how their body is. And have tried to diet and lose weight and their doctors will be like, they'll go to their doctor and their doctor will be like, you need, you you need to lose weight. And they're like, well, I'm already doing what you told me to do. I'm eating low amount of calories, doing this, that, or the other. But like the doctor's like, well, you're lying or you're not doing it hard enough. Right. Like there's this such divided 
such a divided like perception of, yeah, if you're in a smaller body, you're fine. You can eat whatever you want, but if you're in a larger body, you can't. And that's so, 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 um, problematic. (laughs) Very, very hurtful. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like on all, on all spectrums. Right. Right. And yeah, I mean, that's why I'm so passionate about the work I do. Right. Not only from like my own experience, but then just like wanting it to be different for the coming generation. I work with adults, but still like just trying to advocate. And even in my own life, like I know Eli, obviously, uh, genetically male, but like, I constantly am like, okay, I never say anything negative about my body or I don't, you know, pinch, poke, touch, or measure away or say anything about his body. Like it's just, it's neutral, right? Like whatever. And like, he comes up and, you know, he'll give me a kiss on my belly and like pinch at me. I'm like, yep. It's mom's tummy. Like <laughs> what, what's up? Um, so it's, it's just interesting to see like the love of like a little human meld for you, no matter what. <laughs> Cause I'm people, sure people uh-huh. love you no matter what. <laughs> yes. yeah or what's that quote your body is the least interesting thing about you like I'm sure there's like like a Kourtney Kardashian moment right there (laughs) oh god (laughs) I mean that's not the quote but I mean like you know how Kim told her she's like the least interesting to look at oh yeah I know that like totally maybe took away from the whole greatness of this podcast that we're doing right now but like you get get what I'm saying I do, which is ironic, right? Because mm-hmm. right, as we said in like earlier episodes, the Kardashians are always trying to manipulate their body or yeah, like Courtney Kardashian was so upset with like a, a non-photoshopped photo of her going up when it's like, you know, like here is another reason why there is this fixation on bodies. Like mm-hmm. we just need to accept all bodies. Right. <laughs> it well, could be that easy. <laughs> Wasn't it like the, uh, the posts that just came out for, I mean, it's for Kim's like skims line, but it was like, yeah, (laughs) and like everyone has been posting just different things about it. Like, no, this is what their bodies actually look like. Like try not to freak out. Like we know this is going to stress everyone out, but like, this is, this is not real. What they're showing you, this is not real. Like, Like they need to put that disclaimer, like on the post before they post it and just be like, yeah, like FDA, like yeah, like a like freaking trigger warning. Yeah, like a trigger warning or something. Or like, yeah, this product, like there may be side effects. What? Like, come on. <laughs> warning: This product will not make you have a Kim Kardashian butt because you need to spend thousands of dollars for that. Mm-hmm. Or also, like, she also is just genetically she had larger hips already, right? Yes. Like yes. genetically, so even if, even if someone were to spend thousands of dollars where no one is going to look exactly like somebody else anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We all have different bodies for a reason. We do. There's a really good YouTube video called poodle science. And it's like a two, three minute, like cartoon, basically like someone's drawing, but it's very quick. And it basically the summary is like we embrace that there's a variety of dog breeds and sizes and shapes and, you know, like chihuahuas are a certain size, great Danes are a certain size. And, uh, 
mutts, right? Like everyone, a mutt, whatever. Mutts. So mutts need to be loved too, Addie. <laughs> so, but you get my drift, right? Like we embrace that a husky looks different than a chihuahua. We would never expect a husky to lose weight, right? In quotations mm-hmm. and look like a chihuahua. We would never expect the chihuahua could ever get the size of What's that dog that Beethoven was, that big dog? A St. Bernard. We would never expect a chihuahua to become a St. Bernard. And yet (laughs) we somehow (laughs) expect humans to only look a certain way, right? The the person on the YouTube video says it much more succinct and doesn't giggle throughout. So hey, I mean that was good. I mean, that was that was some relatable stuff right there. I mean, everyone loves a good dog. (laughs) Oh, love our good dogs. But yeah, like you don't like not like a certain dog, or like I think I've seen, and I'm probably sure I've shared like different infographics of different fruits. And like, if fruits had body image issues, it's like, why am I so round? Why am I so tall? And it's just, it puts humor on it, but it's really what we do every day. Like we nitpick <laughs> Danielle. Yeah, the only reason why I'm laughing is like, I'm just thinking about the fruits, like talking and be like, why am I so tall? Why am I so tall? You know <laughs> If we go down the rabbit hole of my Instagram feed, I think it's one of my very, 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 very first things I posted in like 2012. So I'll find it for you and we can share it when this post comes out. Okay. Sounds good. Cause it's so cute. Cause it's like a pineapple. Why am I so prickly? The apple. Like I want, to, I want to be thinner. And then the banana, I want to have more muscle or whatever. It's so yes. Okay. It's so I love it. I mean, I, I mean, you're right. You're totally right. I mean, the cartoon's right. The poodle's right. That's all. It's just, it's just sad. That, that, it is. That is the way our minds are and like our brains think and everything. And I mean, again, to your point that you were talking about earlier, that, you know, in different countries and different places all around the world, there's different types of bodies and they're celebrated. But yet mm-hmm. we just don't celebrate all bodies here, you know, like it's yeah. just really, really sad. Yeah. There's a narrow view of what is celebrated. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, slowly, but slowly, but surely kind of changing, but not really, but kind of, um, it does, it does. And, and I mean, you know, the biggest, you know, questions that I get from clients are, well, how do I get a better body image or how do I improve? And I mean, it, it is so individualized and depends on where someone's at, because I think a lot of the tips and tricks in like books or on social media are all like, embrace your body, love your body, hashtag body positivity. And, you know, if someone is truly like, I hate my body, there's nothing about it. I like saying, I love my body feels like too big of a jump. Isn't realistic. And they're going to just roll their eyes at it. Just like you know, when I, when I hear that, I'm like, oh my God, that's so cheesy. So I, I mean, if anyone's looking for tips and tricks, I think my biggest thing is like identifying where you're at now and whether that like, you can even use like a very generic, like four part scale of if you're in body hate, body neutral, like you're just like neutral about your body. It's whatever, not plus or minus. Yeah. Body acceptance. And then body, you can use love or positivity. 
So depending on where you're at in that spectrum, like not jumping from one end of the extreme to the next. So if you're in body hate, like the first thing is to maybe just think of more neutral statements, right? Like, yep, my, my, I'm grateful that my body, I woke up this morning and my body allows me to do blank, um, right. Doing something like that. Or if you're neutral, trying to find like, you know, I, I like my body for this side or the other, like a function. Um, so doing like small, like mindset shifts is really powerful for people. And I mean, again, this takes time, right? Like Danielle and I have been on this earth for over 30 years and we're just starting to (laughs) figure out our own body image stuff, um, and unpack it. And even before that, I even tell clients sometimes too, before you even try to make any like behavior change, just notice like how often are you thinking negatively about your body? Cause again, our route will be different if it's, it is going on all the time or it only happens a few times a day, right? Like those, those interventions will look different. Cause if it's so subconscious and like, that's all you're thinking that definitely needs, I think some more like clinical, uh, professional therapy, right. Whereas if it's a few times a day, you know, that could be normative, right. For, for you. And like, how can we lessen that? Like take data of what's going on. Are you stressed? What are your triggers? I'm going from there. Here's Abby giving some therapeutic advice. Yes. Every, here it is. Here it is, folks. Here it is. <laughs> My dose, doses of optimism. I don't know. What do you do to help with your body image, oh, Danielle? <laughs> Putting you on the spot. I know. I know. Um, oh my gosh. Okay. I guess. <laughs> honestly, I feel like what I do to help with my body image is I just like dance around and I like to say like, I'm awesome. Like, or something, or just like, I don't know. I mean, I don't really have like specific things that I do by any means, but I think just having that random, like get out of your head kind of moment, I think also like helps, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Having a dance party. Yes. Having a dance party. I mean, it's funny because I mean, Amra, our other guest that was on, I actually saw that she had posted a post the other day that was basically like, oh, whenever you are having like a, a bad like body image day, like you always tend to like cover yourself up or you tend to like put yourself in a corner, like Abby was saying earlier, you know, or just having times when you feel like you need to hide. Um, but it's always good to those are the moments when you should push yourself out the most and like wear like some crazy outfit or something like not a crazy outfit but wear an outfit that makes you like feel more empowered or like try to put your push yourself out of your comfort zone even though it's not something that you feel like you want to be doing in that moment because you're feeling like not yourself and you're feeling like you have a low body image but that will help you get out of your low body image moment in the moment in times, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'd also say diversify your feed. Like if you're on social media, it is so helpful. Like, and sometimes I'm even like taken aback by like, oh yeah. Like I'm purposely trying to see like people of color or people in larger bodies on my feed. And like, sometimes it's like people in larger bodies, like completely naked. Like they might be just showing like they're at like Lizzo does it a lot. Right. Like just, you know what, this is me embrace my body. And I always, I mean, 
that's unfortunate that I have to do that double take because if I saw like a thin model in a bikini, I probably wouldn't like think twice about it, but yeah, just diversifying your feed. Like, and you, you do have to like put the effort in and the initiative, because if you see more diversity, like again, it becomes like desensitized, like it shouldn't be a shock, um, to see that. So that's another tip I I give some peeps myself, some more hot takes, hot takes. (laughs) Well, and also it was another good one, like maybe just like changing your environment in the moment, you know, like if you feel that you're like starting to like nitpick everything that you're doing, because you're at, you know, you're, let's say you're out with a bunch of people that are making you feel that way, or you're like in a situation where, you know, you're feeling this low self-esteem, this low body image moment, because you're like nitpicking about yourself and not feeling as confident. Like you can change your environment. You know, you don't have to stay in areas that make you feel smaller, you know, like you shouldn't feel that way. Yeah. And also easier said than done. Like Danielle and I have been a part of group conversations where we have each had to like interrupt and be like, Hey, like, this conversation isn't helpful, like to mutual friends and it's tough and it's weird. And, and yeah, sometimes you do have to just tell people to shut up (laughs) (laughs) or if you don't feel comfortable. Yeah. Like Danielle said, if you have the ability to like, you know, the, the homebody in me always make sure you have a a getaway car, like make sure you have a way out. Seven exits. I I always do. Seven exit strategy. (laughs) (laughs) but I I mean, yeah, I, I, you never can underestimate the power of therapy. Like I am years out of my own eating disorder, recovering body image journey. And yet I am realizing and tying back different memories or negative core beliefs from even pre thoughts about my body, that how those could relate to my own body image journey. And um, that inner critic, man, how, how rampant it, it the thread of life, <laughs> the thread of life. It's there. It's there. It's the constant. <laughs> it is. It is so constant. So constant. Oh, I mean, I know we did a brief, we did a run around a brief run around of a body image and I know we could go into more, but I think we might leave it there. Like I said, Danielle and I can go into other have other solo episodes or or one-on-one episodes going into maybe more like specific topics in this realm, but figured, you know, body image is a a hot, I was going to say hot toddy of a topic. And I don't think that makes any sense. (laughs) Hot toddy of a topic. Interesting. (laughs) Are you thinking of hot toddies because it's fall or like? (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) I don't even know what a hot toddy is. Isn't it a drink? It is. Yeah. But is it like hot apple cider and alcohol? Is that a hot toddy? I think so. Yeah. I mean, that would be good. <laughs> I think that, I think so. Let me look it up right now. Hot toddy, hot toddy. Man, this is how we, this is how we end the episode, folks. Figuring out what a hot toddy is. Hey, we told, uh, we told you it was going to be like a journey. <laughs> Come on this journey with us. Hot whiskey. Oh. Yeah. It is? It's typically a mixed drink made of liquor and water with honey or in some recipes, sugar. Okay. Hot so honey sweet. Recipes vary, are traditionally drunk. 
or retiring for the night. What? Okay, I have the wrong definition, but I think I got it. <laughs> it's like a nightcap, maybe. Yes. Okay. Okay. Hmm. You learned something new. Yeah. Um. Well, before we go. I, I think Danielle and I agreed that our Instagram versus reality this week. Um, and if you need a catch up or a refresher of what that is, right. Something in our environment, our experiences, social media, media, just anything out there that on the surface may present or look like something, but there's like an underlying story or a behind the scenes, if you will. Um, And I think our perfect Instagram versus reality is clothing sizing and just the hot mess, especially for female wear. I mean, males, I mean, D can go into a store and he's like, yep, I know I'm this many inches and this many inseam. Like he can buy, I mean, he'll try things on just to like see, but he generally knows, okay, yep, this is, this is what I need. Whereas I go to a store and if I like a pair of jeans, I get four. And see which ones Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) like this or like I'll pull one up and be like, "Mm." so clothing sizing, just whatever. Also shopping online for clothing. (laughs) And I have to say my story of, I very rarely shop for anything on Amazon or cause I have to try on like even swimsuits, like just, uh, uh. but, uh, the brick and mortar, yeah. the brick and mortar stores brick love mortar. you, Abby. Good. <laughs> like, we love, I love them too. We need your business. <laughs> but I did like one time I wanted, again, past, uh, guest Amra. She was really getting me into buying like, just like social justice shirts and like things like that just had activism, uh, quotes. And so, uh, there was a shirt I found that was yoga for all bodies and it had, different size of like cartoon people doing like downward dog or sitting. I think it even had someone in a wheelchair, right? So encompassing all the inclusivities. I got an adult extra large. (laughs) This thing came in and it was the size, like it fits Eli. So, and I went back, I'm like, did I buy a kids? But like even Eli would be too small for a kid's large. So I have no idea. Like This is the thing, like just clothing sizing is just ridiculous. That number means nothing. And believe me, Danielle and I know, like if you are fixated on that number right now, it is not that easy to just be like, okay, I don't care about it anymore. Mm -hmm. But please remember that size means nothing. (laughs) Yes, it really does. (laughs) You are loved and are worthy no matter where you're at on the spectrum whether you're in like straight size clothing, plus size, you know, any of the like specialty stores, like you have value are worthy. And I think that's where a lot of people get into trouble is when they equate their self-worth and value, um, into those things and, you know, finding, you know, other areas in your identity that you can, uh, come back to and pull from, because even if you have a bad body image day, if you're like, oh, yep, bad body image day. And yet I know like my self-worth can also be defined by blank, like something else that is going to be of so much more help. So all in all, clothing sizing suck. Yes. Don't be stuck on the number on your clothing or the number on your scale. Yes. Mm, 
nothing. If you didn't take a poop yesterday, it's going to be higher. So just remember that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think, I think, I think we covered, I think we we ended on the poop. We ended on the poop. I mean, (laughs) story of a dietitian's life. Am I right? Oh my God. Oh, take us out of this mess. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs> yes. Follow us. Follow uh, us. Hashtag your life pod. You can find our website at real life podcast or wait, real life podcast.blog. Sorry. <laughs> I'll get it one day. I'll get it one day. All right. You got it. Follow uh, us on the socials. We have a Facebook now. Yes. Get it. Like, talk to us. Let us know. We enjoy your feedback. We're we're super excited. We've got some dope reviews from some people. We've had some amazing guests on, and we would love to hear from you as well. So hit yeah. us up. Keep talking keep, to us. Keep sharing, and uh, yeah, we just want to grow our listenership. And yeah, if you relate to this, which you all have a body. So we should be hearing from all of you. (laughs) No pressure. Every single listener. Where are you? No. (laughs) Uh, But for real, take care of yourself this week and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.